This podcast is sponsored by Monarch Money. Are you saving to reach your financial goals? Reaching those goals isn't just about getting more money, but by managing what you have. And the best way to manage your money? Monarch Money. Monarch Money is a new kind of finance app that's intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and takes the headaches out of budgeting. Try it free when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Monarch puts all your accounts, investments, transactions, and finances at your fingertips. With a complete view of your finances, you'll gain insights on your spending and find new ways to save. Plus, Monarch lets you customize your dashboard, collaborate with your partner, set custom budgets and goals, and track your progress toward them. See why Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it, and why the Wall Street Journal named Monarch Money the best budgeting app overall. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H money.com slash podcast for your free trial. monarchmoney.com slash podcast. And let's go. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, welcome back, all you liberty-loving friends of ours. Welcome back to another episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. I'm one of the hosts here, the main man, Charlie Thompson. Follow me on Twitter everywhere. Just me. <laughs> Just you. What's your so, Twitter handle? How can I follow you if you don't say it? Well, people know me, oh, okay. so I don't need to announce it, but it's at McCoy3PM if, okay. if you want to know. But anyway, across from me is the one, the only, <clears throat> the the notorious... I almost said nefarious, but you're not. You're just notorious. Sure. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. Hey, you said my full name. Yeah. I almost I w- gave out the two middle digits of your social security number because they're the same as mine. <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I always wondered if I was going to run for political office, which I never will. Uh, if I were going to run for political office, if I would use my full name, Nathaniel Paul Thurston. Just use Nathaniel Paul. Nathaniel Paul. Then I have yeah. Paul. Then you have the Paul. Yeah. Uh, that, that would be good. You already have that. Yeah. That'd be yeah. good. Well, happy I, Valentine's Day, everyone. It's a day full of love, laughter, cheer, and um, maybe sad for some of you. And that's, you know, that's not good. Yeah. Um, but you can look at every single day of the year if you want to and making sure that you are loving the people around you the same as you would on Valentine's Day. We'll be your Valentine. Yeah. Okay. If you don't have one, then Charles and Nathaniel will be your Valentine today. I remember. So you've got one. Let, let me tell all the people out there how good of friends we are. Yeah. I remember one year, this is probably about five years ago, I went through a pretty bad breakup. That um, actually was a marriage disillusion. Yeah. <laughs> Those are called divorces. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we signed an MDA, which is a marriage disillusion agreement. Oh, okay. That's what a divorce is. The fancy term. The I legal gotcha. Term. <laughs> so I had one of those MDAs and uh, Valentine's Day the next year, uh, your wife was very sweet and got me a card and said, happy Valentine's Day. Everyone deserves to have a Valentine. Are you sure that and, since uh, just you were living on our couch, so maybe you just got up well, and you took my Valentine's Day gift instead? No, it said Charlie on it. Oh, okay. It really did. I'm it didn't say Nathaniel Paul. This. I don't know about... It oh. was really nice. It was really nice <laughs> and sweet of her. Remember that time... And that's how I knew you had a good woman. It was her birthday, but I had the flu, and I was so sick. I was so ridiculously sick on the couch, just terrible terrible and you brought my wife a cake for her birthday and a card and stuff because i wasn't able to do anything for her birthday that year yeah 
That's friendship. That is what friendship is. Yeah. So yeah, you date each other's girlfriends and wives. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but happy Valentine's Day to my wonderful wife, Lacey. The best thing that ever happened to me since capitalism. So I, I since, just want to say, yeah. <laughs> since capitalism. She's the best thing since sliced bread and capitalism. Well, sliced bread came from capitalism. So in <laughs> essence, you're did. right. You're right. <laughs> and I want to wish my lovely girlfriend, Stephanie, happy Valentine's Day to you as well. She just, I mentioned this yesterday. She just released a podcast called Make It Work. So go check that thing out if you want to. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a girl conversation, but it's funny and and it was different from guy conversations. Well, it's different from politics okay. and economics, but if you just want a fun show to listen to, they tell some funny stories and uh, it's all about making it work, which is kind of what we do here too. That's a pretty good message. Yeah. Make, make it work. It, make it work. Yeah. I That's like it. it. I like it. So anyway, what else is going on on this Friday night? Uh, I think we have a few announcements. Let's get those out at the front of the show. Well, number one, if you're in the Nashville, Tennessee area, we will be speaking for Young Americans for Liberty at Vanderbilt University. I can't remember the name of the building. We'll post it some more. You can look at our events, stuff like that. Uh, we'll be speaking for Vanderbilt University to some of the students that are there, some of the people that are in the Young Americans for Liberty chapter, and we'll be telling them about all the best ways to fight socialism. So we'll be going there and talking to them. You can come there too. It is a public meeting I saw on the, on the event. I wasn't sure if it was, but it is. It is public. It's free. I think they've even got free food that they're going to be there. So it'll be us, the the Yao students, and any of the homeless populations in the Nashville area. So and you. Yeah, and, and you. And all of you yeah. out there, come listen to that. Yeah, so come do that. We got to subscribe to the podcast. We don't. I'm already I'm already subscribed. Are you subscribed, Trevor? I am subscribed, okay. yes. So you got to yeah. subscribe to this podcast if you had not done it already. If you're listening on our website, we love it that you went to our website, BernieLies.com, or to GoodMorningLiberty.us, or to LizLies.com, any of those things, and you're listening to our website right now, reading one, listening to our podcast right now, reading one of the articles, whatever it is, subscribe to this podcast because we release a new episode every single day of the week when you feel like it and you can get on there learn about life liberty and our constant pursuit of meaning in this life another cool thing i want to tell you guys about is if you didn't listen to yesterday's show go back and listen to yesterday's show because we announced some really cool things that are happening here you know we don't just do the good morning liberty podcast every single day or the good morning liberty media network obviously because we are <laughs> We are a blog, we do videos, we do the podcast, we do all of this stuff. It's, it takes a lot of work, a lot of time, a, a lot of dedication, but that's one of three to four things that we do every single day. We have lots of companies over here that we're managing, and one of the things that we do manage uh, every single day, mainly Nate is the owner of this, um, is we do some trading. And we get messages all the time uh, from people saying, you know, how can I improve my life? How can I you know, follow the principles of liberty. How can I make myself successful? And so what we have decided to do was uh, we have been heads down and we have been working on providing you guys some very beginner education and, and some insight into what we do every single day with trading. And so I believe the, the tentative name for that is going to be the Liberty Trading Academy. 
by yeah. the way. And so we are going to wrap that up in the uh, in the near future. And yesterday I told you guys, if you are interested at all in learning the very basics and getting control of your income and investments, then to hit us up. And we had a great response. We already yeah. had several people email Nate. So if you want to get in on that, you want to be one of the early birds, because there's going to be a discount, by the way. We haven't announced it yet. But if you want to be one of the early birds, email Nate at then that's at Nate at goodmorningliberty.us. Nate at goodmorningliberty.us. Uh, he may not reply, he, he, <laughs> but we are keeping track of everybody that emails us there. And uh, you will be part of the early bird special. I took Charlie through about an hour long training session on trading. This Because I spent, I spent about five years just learning how to do this and trading and losing some and winning some and trying to find a way to become profitable every day. And now that I feel really confident in it, or I'm going to be trying to teach people how to do this. And Charlie's not someone who's really spent a lot of time doing all this trading charts and all that. He knows, you know, philosophically about the market and he knows, you know, what all of that means, but not the technical side of it. So I took you through, we spent about an hour where, where I was, I shared my screen with you and I was just showing you, hey, look at this. Let's see, this is how you can decide that you're going to do this. And you could do this strategy or you could do this strategy, whichever one fits your brain, whichever one works the best for your mindset. Yeah. You could do any of these things. And so I was, what did you think? What did you think from that? Did you, did you pick up anything? Well, one, I, th- I thought that you were, you are, you are a really good teacher. You're a good speaker. That's obviously, that's why I record your voice every day on this podcast. <laughs> I went to school for education. And yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, there are several things we talked about. Um, and just to give you guys some of the, the words here that I have questions, there's about 10 to a hundred different things you can do with moving averages. And so I was like, <laughs> Nate, what's a moving average? And he explained it perfectly well for me. And I can't give it out right now. I'm not going to tell you what the answer is on the podcast. (laughs) You got to send Nate an email. Nate at goodmorningliberty.us. Get some insight on some of this stuff. Some of you guys are already traders and you know all of this stuff. But um, there's different, like, uh, there's resistant level price points. There's support level price points. Uh, You know, you got to learn what the standard deviation is in the market. All these wonderful things that I wrote down in my book saying I need to know more. And uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. We are developing this thing for you guys. And I am just so excited about it. It's yes. going to be awesome. Because you know what? You can go on YouTube and there's all kinds of things to learn. There's trading classes you can sign up for. There are thousands of dollars. And you can try to learn some different strategies from all these different people. We are literally putting the comprehensive training together where it's not going to be very expensive at all. I've You're already be spending thousands of dollars. I've already spent thousands of dollars learning all of this from people. And now we're going to provide the opportunity to join the class for what, 50 bucks a month? Somewhere around there. I already and if you're an early bird, you might get a discount on that. I already sit here every day, day trading. There's a camera right in front of me because we normally go live every day. There's a nice microphone right in front of me because Charlie bought it. And there's, there's all kinds of things right here. I'm like, well, I could just go live. I'll make a YouTube account. I'll make a website on Wix really fast. And uh, we'll just make a class out of it because I'm already sitting here doing this for a couple hours every morning. So that's why I'm like, hey, I'm not going to charge you five grand to join my trading class. Just pay 50 bucks a month and you can watch me trade live. You can learn all of these things about the market. 
And uh, yeah, that's how we're going to do it. I'm pretty pumped about it. It's going to take a little bit of time to get all of it together. Got to make presentations on the three main strategies that I use. Got to explain all the other strategies that there are because I want you to pick a strategy at the end of the day. I want you to pick a strategy that works best for your mindset. That's something that I found out was that there are an unlimited amount of strategies out there in trading. So many strategies. And I went through all of them. And what I ended up finding out was that regardless of how good the strategy was, if it did not fit my line of thinking, if it did not fit my risk tolerance, if it didn't fit my mindset, then I wasn't going to trade it properly. So we're going to, I'm going to present the three that I think are just a fail safe. Here's a for sure thing that you do. Here's the price points. Here's the numbers. Here's your stop loss. Here's your profit target. Here's how long you're going to stay in it. All those things we'll present. And then we'll also present all of the other potential strategies that if they work better for you, then you can trade those strategies too. So that they just, they're not my favorites. I settled on two that I've picked up over the classes I've taken and then one that I developed for myself uh, along with a friend over the course of about a year of eight hours a day back testing the stock market minute by minute on, on this program called Thinkorswim where you can do this cool thing. You can set the clock back and actually watch the market move live all the way back to when I was testing, you could go all the way back to 2008. And I said, well, I'm just gonna start in the year the market crashed and I'm gonna start trading this strategy right here. And then the year the market crashed. And so I tested it for every single year for about a hundred different stocks and perfected the strategy. Over that amount of time, we kept taking it, tweaking it, figuring out what worked best, add stuff to it, and then test it again over several years. And if it ended up better, we kept it in the strategy. If it ended up worse, we took it out of the strategy. I mean, so much stuff. This is not about, this is not politics right here, but this, this is about trying to find a way to, I don't know, live the best life. I love trading. I, I love doing it. It's so exciting to me. And it's something, it might feel like you're at a casino or like you're gambling, but it's like being at a casino and you actually are able to be more in control of your odds. Like you're playing poker, but you can ask some of the other people to show you what their hands are. Like, it, it's like that. And you can say about 80% of the time we're going to win. Yeah. So, yeah. so far it's about 80, 85% of the how time. How much would you bet if you knew that 80, 80, like if you're on a game show, and they're like, hey, the probability that you're going to pick the right curtain is 85%. I mean, yeah. how many times are you going to throw throw all of your stuff at that curtain? Yeah. Almost every time. You put your house on it. <laughs> you, you probably will. Let me teach you a marketing trick here, Nate, because you said around 50 bucks a month, but that's not what I'm going to say here. <laughs> it's going to be about $47 a month, which works out to about $1.50 a day. Yeah. Literally, $1.50 a day. And for those of you early birds, like I said, email Nate at Nate. Uh, Email Nate, which is Nate at GoodMorningLiberty.us. Nate at GoodMorningLiberty.us. All of those who email, we already have had uh, several of you email in, so you guys are already going to be on the early bird list, and you get to get updates before anyone else, and you get to get in before anyone else. And then the other thing I want to say is, one thing I hate, you know, we talked a lot about yesterday about being able to learn online and learn different kind of educations. One thing I hate out there is a lot of times people will sell you a class or they'll sell you some education and then they just leave you like you can't ask questions. You can't. We're not doing any of that. Yeah. This is going to be not only are you going to get the education, but it's going to be a community of people um, that all are 
doing and wanting the same things. They're all pursuing liberty. They're all controlling their income. They're all doing all of that, improving their lives and improving the lives of their family. And you all get to bounce ideas off of each other and us. So yeah. it's not like you don't get just get the class and you're left high and dry because <laughs> I can't stand that. So email <laughs> Nate at goodmorningliberty.us. Get in on that early bird special and get all the updates because we are cranking it out. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be fun. I'm excited about this. So oh. let's. uh Let's talk a little bit of liberty today. I know everybody wants to get on some uh, some liberty news, and I found an interesting article yesterday. I told Nate about. It. I'm like, dude, we've got to talk about this because I just love capitalism. I just love it so much. It's good. And you, we always have we have these complaints like, oh God, healthcare is too expensive. I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> it sounds but- just like that. Yeah. Everybody's sick in my family and I can't afford it. <laughs> That's Which, a serious problem. It is. is yeah. It is actually a, a real problem. And, uh, you know, another problem in long, along with healthcare prices in, includes drug prices. Yeah. Pharmacy. It's too expensive. It is. Way too expensive. I tell a story about my dad has to get insulin and he's actually on Medicare now and he has to have his supplemental you know pharmaceutical plan which is part d i think of all the medicare parts or whatever and he goes like some months where he pays like 90 dollars for a 90-day supply and then once his bucket runs out or whatever he has to pay like 1200 dollars for a 90-day supply and it's just crazy it's just absolutely nuts and um so the whole pharmacy drug pricing industry is completely out of control we've we have gone to great lengths to explain to you why pricing is out of control and why it's a problem. It all stems from government. Go back and listen to the the last 180 episodes that we've done. We have talked about healthcare more than anything because one of our other businesses is actually in healthcare. So we do a, a software development for healthcare companies that helps them manage their healthcare more efficiently because of all the gigantic red tape and government bureaucracy that you have to jump through just to provide healthcare. So that's one of our main uh, companies among the other things that we do here. So we know a lot about healthcare, but I found this article yesterday and I told Nate, God, I love capitalism so much because capitalism is going to solve our problems. Liberty solves our problems. So let me tell you the story out of CNBC. Uh, Here's the headline. Amazon just filed a bunch of international trademarks for Amazon Pharmacy. Now, why would they do that? Why in the world do you think Amazon would file international trademarks for Amazon Pharmacy? Just for fun. No reason at all. Yeah. Oh, they're like, oh, we want to get in on this game. You know, we can't wait to charge people high prices. Now, is Amazon known? Is Amazon known right now in the years that they've been in business? Have they been known as a company that just charges high prices? Or do they bring you goods and services at a cheaper and more efficient uh, mark than anyone else out there? Are they putting other shops like Walmart and Target to realign how they're conducting their business so that they can compete with Amazon because Amazon keeps taking more of the market share? No. No, that's not it. No, Amazon's not charging higher prices. They are making they are making Walmart and Target and do, everyone else. Are, do you typically go on Amazon because you look at a product on a shelf and you're like, you know what? I, I bet I can get this for more expensive on Amazon. No, 
Everyone always goes, I bet I can get that cheaper on Amazon. Yeah, you always say that. And they'll ship it to my house. I I don't even have to to, put it in my car. This box won't fit. I can't tell you the amount of times I've been at a store with my beautiful and loving wife. I can't tell you how many times we've been at a store and we looked at something and we're like, oh yeah, that's nice. I really want that. And we we picked it up and we were like, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. And then right before we put it in the cart, we're like, I bet I can find it cheaper on Amazon. Put it back. That's just what happens because that's what Amazon does. Exactly. And that's good for everyone. Yes. So this is how capitalism is going to solve drug prices right here. Amazon from CNBC. Amazon is filed to trademark Amazon Pharmacy in Canada, the UK and Australia, signaling a potential move into selling prescription drugs outside of the US. According to the Canadian Intellectual Property Office website, Amazon filed for the patent on January 9th, 2020. The status is listed as pre-formalized. The trademark also lists other areas that Amazon Pharmacy could move into, including surgical, medical, dental instruments, and pharmaceutical, as well as medical and veterinary preparations. A spokesperson for Amazon-owned PillPack confirmed the filing and noted that the company has also filed trademarks in Brazil, Canada, China, Egypt, the EU, India, Israel, Japan, Mexico, Singapore, Taiwan, Turkey, and the UAE, United Arab Emirates. Quote, we are always considering ways to delight customers in every market we serve. Wow, what a concept. That's crazy. You ever heard a government website say that? <laughs> what you it, log on to IRS and they say, we are always considering ways to delight well, I, I hear customers. Po- I hear politicians say that before the election. You know, yeah. you, you hear that. But then once they have the power, I mean, they can forcefully make you do whatever they want to make you do. So why would they be concerned except for uh, come election time? Again. Right. And, and that's that's when they'll do it again. Right. But no, corporation, they, they got to keep you happy. They you, yeah. they have to keep it. What are you going to do if Amazon removes most of its videos, they take off half their products, they raise the prices on all the ones that are there right now. If they do all that, they remove their audio books or they move Audible up to a $49 a month subscription for one book. What do you think is going to happen? What, what do you they'll think? Go they'll go out be? of business. They'll go out of business. They'll be gone because they can't force you to give them money. That's the whole point. That's why the free market's so beautiful. They've got to keep you happy or you're not going to give them any money. She continues on. At present, our focus is on growing pill pack and offering a better pharmacy experience for customers in the United States. Now, what's the one number one complaint about pharmacy experiences in for customers in the United States. Well, first off, it's super expensive. And then after that, that's the first complaint, the wait times at a pharmacy, my pharmacy, i literally, if it's not a life saving medication, I decide whether or not it's worth it to tell you the truth. It's so the CVS next to my house is the most God awful place I've ever been to. There's 20 people in line all the time, drive through, forget about it. By the way, don't go to a pharmacy drive through if you've got questions and it's going to take them 20 minutes to fill your order and you somehow think it's going to be okay for you to sit there in the drive through the entire time and wait for your order. You are a selfish piece of crap if you do that. Let me just go ahead. You're the scum of the earth. Yeah, I'm holding back right now. Okay. <laughs> I'm holding back. Just go inside or call them. Or go through there and say, here's my prescription. I'll swing back around. Let me run to Dairy Queen real quick and I'll swing back around right afterwards and let these other poor people that are in the line behind me come through. But hey, you know what's even better than waiting in line at a pharmacy? Do you know what's better, Charlie? Get it delivered right to your door. Get it right to your door. Mm, 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 mm. And paying cheaper prices. Yeah. 
So <clears throat> Amazon began its move into the drug space in 2017 when it started exploring whether to build out a team. The following year, the company acquired PillPack, a startup that specializes in delivering medications to the home. That signaled an early focus on the U.S. prescription drug market where PillPack is headquartered, but the company had dabbled in introducing prescription medications to, to its marketplace in Japan with the support of local partners. PillPack, PillPack has faced some challenges in scaling its business in the U.S. The domestic market is large. Patients and insurance spent about $300 billion on prescription drugs every year, but it's also competitive and highly complex. Since Amazon bought PillPack, it has already run into litigation from competitors regarding its hiring practices. Now, why in the world do you think competitors would sue Amazon, PillPack, owned by Amazon? Why do you think they would sue them um, in attempt to halt their operations? Well, because here's the dirty secret about human beings and about big businesses. They're not angels. No one is. They don't want competition. Big, big businesses do not like competition. They do not like it at all. Neither does the government, by the way. No one that's in a position of power likes to have competition. That's why you want to have a free market. That's why you don't want to have this ridiculous, these lawsuits and litigation trying to stop them from being able to sell people prescription drugs. That kind of thing doesn't need to exist why could you go through a court system trying to stop someone from sell selling people prescription drugs why does that exist why is that there why and and then also how do they even have any leg to stand on to 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 even bring litigation against pill it's probably because they paid off the right people they got the right kind of contract signed that said the government wasn't going to give anyone a, a permit to enter into this market that they're in and now they're trying to let other people come into the market and they're suing people saying, hey, I've, I've, you know, remember that last time around election season when we made that super pack for you and uh, we got all that stuff passed? Well, what's going on now, man? You're letting us have competition. This is insane. So, yeah, that's why this kind of stuff happens. Now, that was speculation. I don't know exactly what the amounts paid off or anything uh, paid out were or anything. But, I mean, th this is what happens. Right. And, you know, the other companies don't want this competition because what do they also know about Amazon that we know about Amazon? They bring you products and services delivered directly to your door at a cheaper cost. And that's more efficient than anyone else out there, which is why they're gaining so much market share. It's why I don't even go to the grocery store anymore. I don't. I have my groceries <laughs> delivered to my house. Now I am going to go to the grocery store later because I need to pick up some some seafood that I'm going to cook tonight. But Almost everything I do is almost all at Amazon. Why? Because it makes because your life easier. They make my life easier. It saves yeah. me time and saving me time saves me money. Yep. If somebody else can shop for me and bring it directly to my door and I don't have to waste the hour or two hours it takes to go to the grocery store, find all the items and bring them to my house, just like grocery stores save people time from going to farms and getting all their stuff from different farms. <laughs> yeah. It's just a never, it's another evolution in capitalism. So here it comes to pharmacies and to, uh, you know, fed up consumers when it comes to the drugs that they want a more efficient process and they want it cheaper. What's and Amazon is stepping up saying, we're going to do that. What's really funny, something I pointed out earlier is you see they're running in the problems in the U.S. They're getting litigation from competitors trying to stop them from entering the markets. But they filed all of these worldwide trademarks so they can do this around the world. 
What's going to be so interesting is when they can start delivering medications to people around the world and they can lower the cost of prescription drugs that other people around the world are paying through their system because that's what they're good at doing. And then Bernie Sanders is going to stand up there and say, look at what we're paying versus what people in other countries are paying for their medication. And it could purely be because they allowed Amazon to come in and start selling people prescription drugs. And we didn't. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's, it, it would be the day where he starts praising Amazon. Oh, man. That's not going to happen. <laughs> how do you go? How is he going to demonize Amazon in one tweet and then, you know, <clears throat> say how, look at all these other countries getting all these uh, prescription, lower prescription drug prices. We need the same thing over here. How's he going to demonize Amazon? And then I bet you I can go to Amazon right now and his book is available in three different versions and you can buy it on Audible probably and listen to the audio book. Yeah. But he's also going to demonize Amazon. Do you need Amazon or not? Do you want Amazon or not? Okay. It's, if it, you don't, then don't use them. This is just a great, I love good stories. And to me, this <clears> is a great story of how capitalism wins. Yeah. It solves problems, real actual problems. You know how long it would take the government to come up with a solution like this? Never. Never. <laughs> never. Yeah. They would never even have this idea. Never hundred hours. They would never have this idea ever. And luckily we have guys like Jeff Bezos and people working for him that are willing to take the risk, that are willing to go out there and solve people's problems. And it makes everybody's life better. Man, I'm not on many drugs, but I kind of want to get on some just so I can have Amazon <laughs> deliver them to me. <laughs> that might be a reverse incentive there. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. about that. One thing can I was going to say. Can you send me uh, ibuprofen? <laughs> yeah. One thing I was going to say as a disclaimer, there are places that are already shipping out prescription drugs. Those are the competitors that are trying to stop Amazon from being able to do this. My wife gets a few different things that get delivered to the house already. But they are trying to open up this market for more drugs to be available and they're Amazon. So they're going to do it better than the other places that are doing it. And it's going to be faster and it's going to be more efficient and you'll be able to do it cheaper. Now we just need to tackle the problem of, you know, this is the price of the delivery of the medication. This is that price. You know, we're still not doing anything about why is the medication so expensive before it gets delivered to the consumer? Why is that a problem? So there's still all kinds of other underlying issues here. This is kind of a top, top end, into the you know last mile solution here, where they're trying to re they'll reduce some costs off of people, or they're, they'll make their lives a lot easier. If you think about senior citizens that are on 15 different medications, and they're all just going to get delivered monthly in one box from Amazon, and they're all of them are they'll probably already put them in a freaking pill box for you. They'll already be delivered out. I guarantee they're going to do that. If not, I'm going to try and sell them that idea. <laughs> but they'll, they'll do this already. Okay, so this is, this is going to be really good if they're allowed to do it. Just like drone delivery is going to be really good if they'll allow people to do it. They, they issued, I think it was CVS that won, that won the contract to be allowed to be able to deliver things via drone. So they're trying to fix some of the problems already. But they, they're only going to give uh, CVS and uh, UPS and Amazon and Google, I think, or possibly are the ones that were able to get uh, the permits for being able to deliver things via drone. And no one, no one else can get into it right now. Walgreens can't get into it. 
and deliver medications via drone because CVS is the one that got the one permit for the prescriptions to be delivered via drone. Okay, FedEx can't get in to delivering everything via drone because UPS is the one thing that got the permit to be allowed to legally deliver things via drone. Okay, so we've already, you can already see in this market, this is day one, 20 years from now, when we talk about how UPS has a monopoly in drone delivery, this is how it starts right here. This is how it starts because they said, hey, we're only going to give one person a permit to be able to deliver packages via drone. That's how it starts right there. So you got to be aware of all these things before we just get so bent out of shape and complaining about everything and calling things monopolies and, and having all this hatred towards different people. You got to be able to pinpoint where it started so you can get your mind right on these issues. 20 years from now, you can tell people, go back. Hey, look, I recorded this podcast, <laughs> Valentine's Day 2020. Yep. Go back and listen to my recorded voice where I called all of this out. Yep. I, you, you saw the future. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Speaking of groceries, Charlie was talking and about groceries. Good news. Yeah. This is, this is cool. It's another feel good story here. Now this, this is, is cool. This is, this is, this is, sorry. Is this a feel good Friday? I just got it's, too excited. It's pretty feel good. Although the end of the podcast might not feel all that great if you're a Bernie Sanders supporter, <laughs> but Hey, this is an interesting conversation because people like Bernie, the socialists are talking about worker ownership of these corporations that's their thing that's what they want right now they want you to build the corporation and take out all the risk and to make sure that you build all the stores and to do all that and then hand over the ownership in quotations to the people who didn't have to front anything to be able to build that okay but there is a large corporation in the u.s that is worker owned and i thought it would be unfair for us to not talk about this and discuss how this may or may not be a good idea have you ever gone to a Publix, charlie i like Publix. yeah i love Publix. that's yeah. where actually it's pretty funny because this is where my wife and i will go to shop for groceries even though everything there is more expensive it is we will go there because the people are nicer they treat you better the store is 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 better kept it's a it's a lot cleaner and it, you know in, in all those ways it is not walmart when i go and get fresh produce or and fresh meats mm. that's where i go i yeah. go to Publix because i like their butchers and uh you know i can i can have them cut me a one and a half inch thick steak yeah they're good and that's where i go to get it i get it at Publix. so if you guys don't have one it's a it's a grocery store kind of a a little bit nicer grocery store it's it's not a oh, what's that nice one that all the the cool people would go to whole you foods know, whole foods yeah it's not a whole foods it's like it's like if kroger was even better if you got a kroger something like that so they're the largest worker-owned corporation in the world by the way not that one that you always hear about that starts with an M. I can't think of the name of it. That's a, that's a worker co-op that's got, it's got about 25,000 employees. Yeah. So it's the one you, or if hear you think about. about credit unions. Yeah. They're typically like they're consumer and employee owned or whatever. So Publix is, is actually the largest employee owned company in the world. Uh, this is from mashed.com. And I was reading some stuff on market watch and all kinds of stuff and not just by a small margin at number one, Public clocks in with 188,000 employees, which is astronomically higher than the number two spot, which has 25,000 employees. It's not likely that anyone will surpass them anytime soon. 
So what benefits do workers at an employee-owned company like Publix earn? The big one is that each employee receives quarterly stock dividends at no cost, meaning they don't have to buy in. It's, it's automatic just because they work there. Combine that with the fact that Publix is making record-breaking profits, and that makes for a nice stock payday. They've got 1,200 locations, by the way. So they do pay out dividends, and I think it's based on the amount of time you've been there. Your dividend share will go up uh, automatically, and people are happy working there. They also, I think their minimum wage is already around $13 an hour, something like that. So it's just, yeah, everyone's happier there. And what I thought was important to talk about in this was... I'm not against this whatsoever. And here's here's the the other untold truth. No one forced Publix to do it. Yeah, that's the thing. No government forced Publix to do this. And they actually, did this of their own free will. Actually, their founder is still worth $3.2 billion. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but the work, what their CEO makes. The workers uh, <laughs> and the CEO, by the way, started out bagging groceries at Publix. That's, that's where he started. Wow. Um, but the workers own 80% of the shares in Publix, and they get a dividend payment from it. So I, I just wanted to point out, like Charlie said, that I'm not against this whatsoever. This is voluntary. This is something that after they built Publix, they decided they wanted to do. And that's totally okay. Publix is more expensive than every other grocery store you're going to go to in the area. But they're not forcing you to come there. They're not your only option. You've still got Walmart. You've still got Kroger. You can still go to the dollar store and pay too much for lower quantities if you want to. So you can still go to all of these places and get groceries. So none of this is compelled by force. That's the important part. It's totally okay for this idea, this worker-owned company, to exist as long as it's voluntary. And yes, it has made the store more expensive than all of their competitors, but they still exist in a free market. You've still got other options. And my wife and I freely choose to go there and pay more for our groceries because it's a better experience. That is completely different from decreeing this from the top down, where everyone has to do it, regardless of your financial situation in the, in the location, in the store. And then every place is more expensive and you don't have any cheaper options if you don't, if you don't have the money. <coughs> this is a, there's a really big difference in this. And now they say it's a worker-owned company. But the issue is, what do you think happens if Publix goes bankrupt? What do you think happens if they go out of business? You think they come after all the workers? Do you think they take a bunch of money from them? Now they're, nope. they'd be an LLC or whatever anyway, so your, your personal stuff doesn't get taken. But you know what I mean? The workers did not all put in a bunch of money and risk it, and they're going to lose all of it if the, if the business goes, goes <coughs> under. Which in is, fact, they don't even technically own any stock. No, they just own, you know, it's not a publicly traded company. Right, so, it's private. Yeah. Um, it's just 80% of the company is set up to share among all the employees. And whether So like when you get hired, then now you're part of, you get included in the 80% share. It's just, yeah. it's literally 80% of the bucket. Yeah. And then if like, if you get fired or you quit, then you're no longer in that bucket. And you get more it's, shares as more time goes on. Right. Which by the way, Amazon was doing this. Up until last year. Up you, until Bernie Sanders <laughs> ruined it for everybody. Up until they forced them to pay everyone $15 an hour, they removed 
their automatic stock bonuses for everyone. A lot of people were upset about this because they were like, hey, I used to get a share of Amazon that's valued at, a, at that time, valued at $900,000 a share. Now it's up over 2000 Now it's it? up over 2000 <laughs> And there's a lot of people who were going to be receiving a $1,000 stock that was going to double in price over a year. And instead, they decided they had to pay $15 an hour, and they removed the automatic stock bonuses for everyone. But they were already doing this. There's this really interesting idea that I've, I've been thinking about. Any company is, is worker-owned. Any company that is publicly traded can be worker-owned. Buy some stock. Not everywhere trades at $2,000 a share. Very few people work at a company that's trading at $2,000 a share. Most of them are 30, 40, 80, 90, something like that. Buy a couple shares. You'll get the same dividend that everyone else is getting per share, just like people at Publix are getting if they pay out dividends, which most companies do. Apple pays out 77 cents in dividends per share. You could go do that. They make quarterly dividend payments. If you work there, then buy a share of, of Apple every year just like the people at Publix get a share of Publix every year. You don't have to compel this by force. Publicly traded companies are publicly owned companies. That's literally what they are. <coughs> Only maybe the employees are not the ones that are, that are buying into it. But then you've got 50% of the American people that own stock in, in 10,000 publicly traded companies. These already are worker-owned companies. They already are. You already get dividends if you buy the stocks. You already get percentage discounts at most companies. You get a 10% discount at HCA, right? For buying shares. I think that's what my wife gets offered. Mm -hmm. That's a good discount. That's a 10% gain on your purchase. Right. Already. Automatically. Automatically. Now you can't sell it immediately, but that's a 10% gain on your stock once it's vested. If you can sell you know? it immediately, just do it every day. Yeah, just do it every day. Yeah, that's, that's why they got to give you a time period and right, you have to wait. Right. So it's, it's like we're fighting over something that it, and it already exists, you know? Well, you know, we talk about incentive all the time. And so as a business owner, this is what I've always believed. If you go to Publix's website, they have a thing. If you look at their stocks and stuff that it says we own it. And it says our founder, George Jenkins, believed in investing in others. His vision was for public public's associates to own publics. He believed that when public's associates own the company, they in turn take care of their company and work hard to make it better. So this is the incentive that business owners have to have. Like, look, especially in this day and age, if you don't take care of the employees, they're just going to go somewhere else. Yeah. Labor is a commodity. I think right? workers spend millennials or average two years, like, no more than two years at a job, right. two yeah. years. And you don't see people, you know, taking lifetime positions hardly anymore because which I think is if, a good thing, by the way, a lot a of great people thing. will disagree with that, but you need to stay mobile and keep taking better opportunities. This idea that you need to get stuck in the one thing and stay there for 25 years and only have one skill for your whole and life. Just ha that's not. And if the no. company tanks, what are you going to do? That's not automatically better. No. The, the com and plus you're giving incentive for the company to make itself better because they want you to stay. Right. Good Lord. Look at all the incentives that places like Walmart and McDonald's and Taco Bell and all these places are offering. You can get a 401k plan at McDonald's now. You know, they're trying to make themselves better so people will actually stay there. So because they have to. Yeah. It's competition. 
They want to keep people. So it's a good thing that millennials are leaving and going to other jobs because that provides the incentive for the companies to try and do better. And it's the whole concept, like the better the company does, the better you do. So don't you have a vested interest in making the company better? Yeah. You know, and so we like we believe that this privately can be done and it is privately being done already. You don't have to have the government force anyone to do this. There are plenty of companies that are already doing it. You know, people are talking about the uh, the paid family leave and you already have companies like Netflix and Google and all those other companies that already offer 12, 16, 20 weeks of paid family leave without any government action to force it. And more and more companies, as they can afford that, will offer it for the reason that we just talked about. They want to keep their employees. They want to keep people there. <laughs> exactly. The, the market, as people can afford to do this, they will offer it because they, you want to keep someone there for as long because they get, probably get better, more knowledgeable and more efficient at that job over time. You want someone to stay there as a business. What happens when the government mandates it just point blank is what it does is it destroys the economy, it destroys the market. It destroys because, small business. It, de it destroys yes. people who aren't Amazon yet. They focus on one company and they, they construct their entire economic philosophy off of the world's richest companies to ever exist in the history of humanity. And they think they need to construct an economic philosophy based on the success of one company out of 28 million companies that exist in the U.S. And they draw arbitrary lines like, oh, if you've got more than 50 employees, like, why is it 50 employees? You could have 50 and not be profitable whatsoever. Right. Look at Uber. Yeah. You know, it's just, I know they don't have Look at for, Amazon for yeah. 15 years. Yeah. I mean. Like just having 50 employees does not automatically mean that you have the money to do all these things. Let me tell you also your employee salary factors into the price that you charge for your products and services. <laughs> it definitely right? does. Because yeah. so imagine if your labor cost increased by 20%, well, that just means that everything else has to increase by 20% to make up that margin. It, there's it's simple math people. Well, it's there's something now that we're talking about the day trading thing. There's a reason that you have to increase your prices for that. Because when you're, when you're investing in something, you want to keep this thing called a risk to return ratio in your head. And Charlie, you know a lot about this through all of your successful poker playing. Charlie and I went and played WSOP tournament in Las Vegas, by the way. Yep. Did okay. Did pretty well. That's right. Got in the money. Yeah. Got in the money. Made it three days into the world's biggest <laughs> poker tournament ever. So it, it was good. But you want to have a risk to return ratio that allows you to have a loss every now and then, but still come out profitable. It's the same thing in trading. If you're just going to always take a one-to-one -one, and then you've got a, let's see, 70% of businesses fail. So you've got a 30% success rate only taking a one-to-one -one risk to return, meaning that you're going to risk a million dollars in the hopes that you're going to return yourself two million. So you profit a million off of it. So it's a one-to-one -one, risk a million to make a million. If you keep that, but 30% of businesses succeed and the other ones fail, then you're always going to lose money. You will always lose money at that time. Several people who own businesses have had several failed businesses before that. Okay. So you'll lose money. What you want to do is you want to raise your risk to, your risk to reward ratio. When you're doing this, you want to have in trading, you want to try and keep a three to one. That way, if you're 30% successful, but you have a three to one return ratio, you're still profitable. And companies do the same thing. So I, as, as you take away their profits, they have to look at what am I risking to try and make what profit? 
And if this fails, am I going to have money to do the next one? Am I going to have money to do the next one? If I have 10 businesses and, and seven of them fail, what am I going to need to do to make sure I still come out being able to be profitable? So they can't just let their profit go down. They have to make sure that they're going to return a certain amount off of what their risk is. So as their risk goes up through employee salaries, through taxation, through material costs, through all these things, they've got to make sure that their profit return goes up with that because they've got to keep that ratio. Or if they fail, they might not be able to succeed at something else after that. So that this is something that these smart people who are investing in businesses they know this. And with a business, it's probably more like a 10 to 20 to 1 return ratio, more than likely, that you're trying to get off of your risk. So these people think about this. I, I was going to tell you, I play poker the same way. Yeah. So when it comes down to the final cards, let's say, and the amount of money that's in the pot and how much I'm risking to earn that money, if I have at least a 3 to 1 ratio, even though I might be beat it's worth it for me to pay off yeah. that ratio in case I'm not beat yeah. because then my risk to reward is at least a three to one ratio. So say the pot that you're going to win has a thousand dollars in it, right? And somebody bets $300. And so for you to call that $300 to win, it'd be 333.33. Right, right. I'm just repeating, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, not many people have that repeating chip, Yeah. <laughs> but some do. If you're a pro, you get that repeating yeah. chip. But anyway, somebody bets $300. It's worth it for me to risk another $300 because I've been in that hand and my card, I at least have something worth winning that the probability that I'm going to make three to one of my money is worth the risk of risking that additional $300. Yeah. That's the way that it works in, this, in this poker. This, it's, it's the same everywhere. It's, it's just investing. Yes. When you, you buying a stock is like Jeff Bezos buying a company. It's the, it's the same thing. He's making an investment. They bought pill pack for whatever, a hundred million dollars. You think he's going to do that because he thinks he might make 10 or $20 million over his risk? No, he's not going to do that. He's going to say, look, there's a $300 billion drug market in the U.S. Yeah, I'll pay $100 billion for PillPack. Sure, I will do that. So that's, I don't know what he actually paid for it, just to get that, right. just to get that clear. So that he'll pay and, and, and acquire PillPack. He's buying, a, he's, it's like you going and buying stock in a company. That's it's this just on a bigger scale. Well, look, Facebook bought Instagram for a billion dollars. Everybody thought it was crazy. And now what? Instagram is worth like eight billion. Yeah. So honestly, they sold too soon. I think they're worth about 30 billion. Yeah, maybe more yeah, than it's that. It's actually a pretty good amount. Yeah. So it's it's just it's not all black and white. It's not all that easy to figure out. Publix is a great company. Up, oh, sorry. Instagram's worth a hundred billion. Oh wow. Yeah. So that was a good investment. <laughs> yeah, they bought it. Facebook bought it in 2012, eight years ago for a billion dollars. And they've they've got a a hundred to one return. And then the guy who sold it to him jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. Yes. Yeah. That that's, Did he really? No, no. Oh, just, you're just that uh, the analogy. Making the reference. Yes. The guy who sold oh, what's the story from the social network? The guy who sold it. Uh, the guy who sold Victoria's Secret to the Limited oh, yeah. sold it for a really low amount of money and then it was worth like 10 times that a, right. few, a few years later. Yeah. And he killed himself. Yeah. Literally. He literally killed himself. Uh, who's the guy that sold his uh, Apple stock in the 80s? John King. 
was it? <laughs> John... Wasn't it Wozniacki or whatever? I don't know. He's probably still got a good amount. No, I would... One guy, I can't remember the story, but he sold it in the 80s for like $20,000. And if he would have held on to it, it would be worth like $20 billion today. Our friend John had about oh, maybe five, ten grand worth of Apple stock that he cashed out at like 20 or 30. And that would be worth three or 400,000 now. Wow. Actually be worth way more than that now. And we, right. were talk, we talked about this with him a couple of years ago. So it'd be worth crazy amount right wow. now. So I don't know. So it's just be open to these ideas. Publix is running itself kind of like what Bernie Sanders is talking about doing to all corporations. It's kind of socialism as far as a worker ownership idea of socialism goes although that's not the actual true definition of socialism so it's it's kind of like that this in a voluntary market where they decide to do this because they're in a good financial position to do it that's totally fine totally fine but that does not automatically mean that every single other corporation is in the financial standing to be able to do this okay so that's just that's all i had that's all i got to say about that that, that's about it. That's about it. You want to talk about the gas pumps or you want to talk about BS? Either. Either one? Yeah. Let's run it down. Let's go gas pumps. We can do BS anytime. So, you know, we can do that. Bernie Sanders. Sorry. I just say BS because it saves me some time. Well, that's what it is. Bernie <laughs> you want Sanders to talk about is full our, of BS. You want to talk about our amazingly uh, intelligent and economically literate former state of Illinois? Oh, what a great state. Our former home state. A state so good, people are just leaving it. Yep, that's how good <laughs> so, it is. Uh, this is coming from a local uh, news station back from where from, a really small town in southern Illinois. Uh, this is out of Carterville. That's the where I used to live. Carterville, Illinois. I've yep. lived there, too. Yeah. If you think about Illinois, everyone says Chicago. And then what I want you to do is picture leaving Chicago and driving in a car for six hours due south. Yeah. And then you'll end up. Still in Illinois. Still in Illinois. In the middle of cornfields where yep. Nate and I grew up as young pups. Yeah. I feel and bad so, for Illinois. Uh, you guys have to realize Illinois is known as a very liberal state. It's only Chicago. That's, and then people who go to colleges. Yes. Like, that's it. In, in one of their most recent governor elections, every single county voted for the Republican, except for Cook County, where Chicago is. They still had more votes in Cook County yeah. than the rest of the entire state. So as far as Illinois goes, there's actually a big Illinois separation movement where they want to separate because the rest of the state is just getting raked over the coals by the top half of the state. And they want to actually separate and make Chicago basically, or the Northern part of Illinois, its own state. And they should, I think that's an amazing idea. It would really help all the farmers down there. It would. Yeah. So there's legislation in Illinois filed to ban pumping your own gas. So out of Carterville, a new bill proposed by a northern Illinois lawmaker bans pumping your own fuel at all gas stations. Illinois House Democrat Camille Y. Lilly, who represents Oak Park near Chicago. Imagine that. Imagine that. Um, she submitted House Bill 4571 with the Illinois General Assembly on February 5th, 2020. The synopsis for this bill creates the Gas Station Attendant Act provides that no gas may be pumped at a gas station in this state unless it is pumped by a gas station attendant employed at the gas station, effective January 1, 2021. If signed into law, motorists will have to wait for an attendant to pump their gas at all Illinois gas stations. So there's only 
I only know of one place that does still mandate this, and that's New Jersey. Yeah, Oregon had it, and I think they got rid of it, or yeah. they they at least removed it for smaller gas stations in smaller areas. I think. So what this is is a jobs program. That's yeah. what they're trying to do. Yeah. They're trying to get, and, and obviously it's going to increase the price of your gas. I don't know if you've ever gotten gas in New Jersey before, but it's definitely no Tennessee prices. It'll put a lot of people out of business. It'll yes, it'll put the smaller gas stations out of business who can't afford to pay the gas station attendant or raise their prices high enough. So they'll they'll go out of business. And your big giant, like here in Nashville, we have Thornton's is a pretty big one. Mapco is another big one. They've got stores all over the place who could probably afford gas station attendance without raising their prices too high to, to lose business. Um, but in essence, what the state is trying to say is that you are not competent enough to pump your own gas. Now, look, there are at least 45, 46 other states where everyone pumps their own gas. Listen, and I haven't seen any massive catastrophes of, of, of roving bands of gas guzzlers <laughs> setting things on fire and spraying gas everywhere. That's the thing, because look at the first line of the bill. How are they selling this? An act concerning safety. An act concerning Safe, safety. Safety. Illinois is one of the only two to three states that has figured out that it's far too dangerous for you to be able to pump your own gas. All those people in Illinois, you know why they're leaving? Because the damn gas stations are just too dangerous. That's why they're, that's why they're all packing up and leaving. Because they want safer gas. They've all been moving to New Jersey. That, that's what they've been doing. No. This is what the government does, by the way. They present you a new bill, and they literally say it's about safety. Is there any evidence whatsoever to provide any kind of truth that this has something to do with safety whatsoever. What's the unsafe part that they're trying to stop? How many people a year die in Illinois from gas station explosions? What's the number? Can someone tell me what that number is? Look it up. Email me, Nate, at goodmorningliberty.us. The people in the year 2019 that died because the gas station in Illinois exploded because the idiot trying to pump their gas did something that caused a fire. Let me know what that number was. Okay. Other than that, this is like most other government laws where they are selling it to you under the guise of safety when really all it is is because what they've done, they raise their gas tax 40 cents a gallon. Everyone's fleeing the state to buy gas because Illinois borders what, four, five states, four, whatever the number is Indiana, Kentucky, Missouri, Iowa, and uh, Michigan. No, Wisconsin. Sorry. So they border all these states and you've got quite a bit of people who are driving half an hour to go. It's a long, narrow state. Okay. So you have to keep that into account. You've got a, at least a half an hour border around Illinois where those people are not buying gas in Illinois. Because guess what? They do all their other shopping in those other states too, because everything else is cheaper there too. So they're already going there to buy their groceries or they go shopping to do things like that. And then they're just buying their gas there too. They're going to Missouri to buy their cigarettes or they're doing, doing whatever that is. And so they're buying their gas when they're there too. And what they've seen is the gas stations are going to be going out of business. I'm sure this is already in response to tons of jobs being <laughs> lost in the booming Illinois gas station industry. This is all, all kinds of jobs being lost because the gas stations are losing millions of dollars 
and they've had to cut back on their employees. So what does an incompetent, illogical, irrational government employee do when they see that they've made it so impossible to provide cheap gas that, that gas stations are having to fire people? What do they do? Well, they try to mandate something that's going to force those gas stations to hire more people. That's how you create more jobs, is through force. That's how you do it. And then what you'll end up with is just gas that's much more expensive still. And the people, since they're not being forced to buy gas at those gas stations, now that you're going to make the gas even more expensive, anyone who's still spending time going to an Illinois gas station but lives within half an hour is going to be much more likely now to go outside of the state to buy gas. And it's going to be an even worse situation where even more gas stations go out of business. This, this is a daily thing that I say. This don't make no sense. It don't. We should start a podcast that don't make no sense. I just looked up the history of self-fueling, okay. by the way. <laughs> That's very interesting. Yeah. So it, all, it starts all the way back in the 1930s, mind you. There was, um, well, in the 20s, there were some coin-operated stations in, uh, in the Rockies, and that continued out through the 60s. So there was some self-service that started. Well, you, didn't, you didn't put in a couple coins like you would a parking meter. Like an air hose or yeah. something, you know, air yeah. compressor. Yeah. In the 30s, in 1930, there was a 20-store Hoosier Petroleum Company. They attempted self-serve fueling, but the California fire marshal deemed the practice a fire hazard and put a stop to it. Probably because... One or two people died <laughs> yeah. in the entire state. Yeah. So um, in 1939, they uh, another company developed the shutoff valve, and it is the forerunner of today's cutoff valves. Uh, in 1947, it was the first modern self-serve gas station in Los Angeles. Um, and in 1964 is where it really turns around. Um, John Roscoe's big top convenience store in Westminster, Colorado. He opened the very first um sorry he opened the very first remote access self-service gas pumps in the united states um let's see and then in 1967 this is very important for all the illinois people to to look up there's already been at least one state supreme court precedent set in 1967, the New York Supreme Court rules in March that local ordinances barring self-service fueling are illegal. The case relates to the city of Yonkers passing an ordinance <clears throat> prohibiting self-serve unless the fueler had a certificate of fitness. The decision paves the way for other states to simul similarly, similarly eliminate full-service mandates. Well, um, the interesting thing in that Supreme Court case, what I heard, was it said bars local places from doing that so i don't know if it's going to cover states well it's one thing you could probably take it up to the united states supreme court they, yeah they could probably say the same thing you know what we need to do guys this is how easy it is to make a million dollars here you go all right you ready we're doing the trading class here's what we need to do we're going to start a new class we're going to record some videos it's going to be instructional videos for people in illinois on how to pump your own gas. On how to self-serve. Yeah. yeah. On how to yeah. actually safely pump your own gas without having to have an attendant help you do it. Since apparently the people in Illinois are too incompetent to be able to do this. I don't think that. I'm just saying that's what the law says. So what we'll do is we're going to film a trading class on how to safely get out of your vehicle, use your credit card, and pump your own fuel without blowing the place up. 
because uh, there is a market for this in Illinois. Now the market's, like the market's declining with population, but there is a market for this. And actually, we should see if we can get the government to, to pay for our class. We, that way, you know, I said a million, that might be free market. We can probably get the government to pay us somewhere close to a billion to teach the class, I would say. So the, this is, I don't know. I think this is the way to go, is to create a, a fueling class. You know, you got you to gotta help people. It's people helping people. Positive stuff. It's a positive stuff. Yeah. It's positive things. I wanted to note today, more than 123,000 convenience stores sell fuel. 80% of all convenience stores. And self-serve is available in all states except New, New Jersey and Oregon. So I guess Oregon still, it's, it's not available there. Did you find how many people die? Uh, no, it doesn't say doesn't say that it doesn't say that millions of people were affected by self-serve because this is an act pumping technology this is an act concerning safety yeah. so i'm just trying to see uh, how unsafe this has been deemed to be when self-serve came around they said it was a huge hit with consumers yeah so unlike retailers the public loved the idea from the start because convenience stores could sell unbranded gasoline from self-service pumps cheaper than the branded full-service stations, customers flock to convenience stores for their fill-ups. Quote from Roscoe, the public is interested in lower prices and immediately went for self-service gasoline, said Roscoe, with gasoline typically selling for 20 cents per gallon. This is back in the day. A discount of even two cents per gallon translated into a 10% savings. That was significant enough to bring people in. By the way, his stores went from... I saw this earlier. His stores went from... Um, selling like 124 gallons on average to like over 500 gallons um, in the matter of months. By going to self-service? By going to self-service. I used to go, I don't, know unbelievable. If, I don't know if you ever went to any, but um, the local gas station in the little town where I was from in Illinois, the one, you know, when I, on the weekends, yeah. uh, Terry's Fuel and Service used to be a, a full service gas station. And the guy would come out and uh, his, his son would come out and he would clean your windows for you and he would pump your gas and, you know, take your money through the car and everything and say, hey, put 10 in there. And, uh, and he would actually pump the gas for you. And I remember that for a long time. And then they stopped doing that. They don't do that anymore. And then actually when Illinois passed their new gas taxes and their new environmental laws on gas stations, he closed last year. He closed the gas station. Like the, the gas station that's been open your whole life. My entire life, this town has got one gas station. And as soon as they announced they were going to up the tax on it and they were going to up all of the environmental regulations. And the minimum wage. He had just replaced all of his fueling tanks like 10 years before that, all of his underground tanks. He had just done that. And then they passed a bunch of new laws that were going to basically force him to buy all new tanks again. And he said that I'm, I'm out. I'll see you. It's this not worth is, it. This is real life. This is real life, guys. There's no gas station in this town anymore. Literally. There's no gas station. And directly in response to the new laws that went into, went into effect in Illinois in 2020 or 2019. So, like, this is not just libertarians complaining about things because we hate the government. These are actually things that happen. My family in Illinois drives half an hour to get gas i'm not making that up because they already go to missouri to buy all kinds of other things so they when they need gas they will take vehicles to missouri and they will fuel them up while they're in missouri self-service 
Self service gas station. <laughs> Luckily, they've never died doing yeah, it. They've yeah. been okay. Apparently, they apparently they fixed that in Missouri. So, which you know, which is surprising, being Missouri. <laughs> but you know, just kidding. But uh, it, you know, it's it's just this is not just us complaining about stuff, trying to be negative. Like this really affects actual people's lives. This is a business that had been open my entire life that closed because of state regulations, where now people in the town are having to drive half an hour out of town to get gas. Like, th this is not just making stuff up, okay? That's why we care about this stuff. That's why we care about liberty. That's why we argue for less government. That's why we argue for all the things that we argue. Because this crap actually affects real people. We have people in Chicago and Illinois that have a built-in audience of a, a million people or however many people are in, the, are in the city, declining, by the way, year over year. However many people are in the city, They've got a built-in amount of people that are going to their gas stations. They're like, oh, you know, we can, we can impose this law. And we'll still, everyone's still got to get gas. There's millions of people here. We'll be fine. But then all the rest of the small businesses and the rest of the state has to suffer because of it. You know, this is real stuff. This is, why, this is the why. You have to find your why. Why do we talk about this stuff every single day? This is just one of the million reasons why we talk about this stuff every single day. And it's not for your safety, by the no, way. No, it's not. That's complete and BS. Government is saying that you're incompetent, that you don't know what you're doing. You don't know how to pump your own gas. So what we're going to do is make sure people pump for you. And, and we're going to make it illegal for you to pump your own gas because it's so dangerous. People have been doing it for the last 60 years, but now it's dangerous. And so we have to protect you. We are the omnipotent, glorious, protective state. And we will not let you be harmed by these self-service pumps. Uh, yeah, you're going to have to pay a little bit more, but don't worry. It's for safety. Yeah, you're going to pay more, but it's just for safety. So no big deal. Now, the problem is Illinois is broke. That's the real problem. Illinois is in massive amounts of debt, and they don't want to actually cut their spending to take care of it. So what they're going to do is they're going to charge you, the consumer, more money in any way they possibly can to keep fleecing you to take care of the problems that they've created. So government, this isn't about you. It's not about protecting you, Illinoisans, at all. It's about making sure that they can keep stuffing their pockets and charge you more money for all of their failures. That's the problem. It's one of the things Thomas Sowell said. But I'm, I'm going to have to paraphrase the quote, actually. I think actually. I'm getting a pressure headache. My blood pressure's <laughs> coming up with this. Yeah, actually, uh, let me... just get so frustrated. I just get so mad. I'm going to find the quote real quick. Uh, let me see. Okay, so I found the quote. The quote from Thomas Sowell, he said, It is hard to imagine a more stupid or more dangerous way of making decisions than by putting those decisions in the hands of people who pay no price for being wrong. That's exactly what's happening in Illinois. These people that are making this, these decisions, that are making the spending decisions, the tax decisions, all these things, these new laws and regulations, you're putting all of it in their hands, and then they're going to pay no price when it backfires and goes terribly. The people will be the ones that actually pay the price. But this is good. This is for the people, okay? This is a government of, by, and for the people, right? Just trying to protect you, man. Only they continuously... Pay no, pay no mind. They continuously do things to make your life harder. They continuously do things that make everything that you do harder and can put you out of business. So they make these rules... And they're the ones that are not going to pay any price whatsoever when these plans don't work. 
That's a really, really stupid idea. Terrible idea. It goes for everything else the government does. I don't even know where to begin. I'm so pissed. <laughs> so guys, go to, uh, that's a good, that's a good episode. We had a whole bunch of other stuff lined up, but hey, ran out of time. I hope you guys have a good weekend. Make it a positive weekend. It's Valentine's Day, so go tell someone that you love them, preferably someone that you know so it doesn't get weird, but you also walk up to someone somewhere else and tell them you love them too because uh, everybody loves everybody, okay? That, yeah. That's the rule. So everybody's your Valentine, and everybody's my Valentine today, and you guys are all GML Valentines. If, there's, if, a, there's a good friend of ours who... Uh, has an Instagram and he, he does tattooing. I'm not gonna, I won't mention his name cause I don't know if he'll like that or not, but he does uh, these Instagram stories every day and he does, you know, gives you a little tidbit of encouragement, let's say. And he ends every single one of them by saying you're 10 feet tall and you're made of solid gold. It's yeah. just a, it's a good word of encouragement. Yeah. So it, go follow at Todd showdown. Okay. okay. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Give think us, he would mind. I didn't know. I didn't know the guy's, private sometimes yeah. you know also another person who fled illinois yeah also, yeah he really did actually <laughs> yeah so um yeah todd showdown a great tattoos by the way if, if you guys have ever seen mine on camera he's uh he did the big ship on my arm so if you've ever seen i guess it will have to be during the summer to see mine right they're, they're above my elbow <laughs> so can't great see tattoo right artist now. great friend and he uh you know gives some good advice and then he always says like look Believe in yourself. You are 10 feet tall and you're made of solid gold. And, and that kind of goes along with, you know, doing something nice for somebody else today. Yeah. And this weekend, you know, go spread the love. So go follow at Todd Showdown. And Todd, uh, I'll text you my Venmo number so you can pay for that endorsement, right? That advertisement right there. Okay. <laughs> so we surely appreciate it. That was very nice of you to uh, allow us to forcefully compel you to pay us advertising money that that was good yeah but guys go to patreon.com slash good morning liberty i was gonna say we forgot to mention that at the very beginning of the I know, show i know so uh, i know why i'm doing it now yeah, yeah exactly you gotta go to patreon.com slash good morning liberty if you want to support this show and mainly this ideology because we're trying to get it out to as many people as possible if you're a parent if you are a parent not if you're a parent there's a lot of things that are apparent but if you are a parent and you think that your kids need to hear people that are talking about things like this you know we're going to be around for a long time i think we're going to be here doing this every single day when we want to and if you want to support this show you can go to patreon.com good morning liberty we're going to put that money directly into advertising to get even more people to hear this message okay doesn't go into our pockets it goes back in the advertisement for pro-liberty messaging all the time, okay? There's several, different, <coughs> there's several different support options on there from $5 all the way to $100, okay? You can go on there and pick whichever one fits your budget. We're not going to force you to do it. You pick whichever one fits your budget, and you can actually help spread this message because uh, it's a mess out there, okay? It's a mess. And we got to get the message of liberty, of personal responsibility, of life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning to everyone out there. And that's how you guys can help us do it. Yeah, some free options as well, sharing the show. So do all the, thing, do all the other things we listed, because that's what's going to be best for you and your family and liberty. And uh, free options, su uh, support the show by sharing it. Tell a friend or two if you enjoyed this podcast and you enjoyed the other 180 something episodes we've done. Tell a friend about it. That's something free and simple to do. Nate and I do that with other podcasts. You know, we, we listen to some podcasts. We tell our friends about it. And if you uh, we got an email 
just the other day uh, that said we were this guy's very favorite podcast. That yeah. was really cool. We really appreciate and, that. Yeah, we appreciate that. So share it with a friend. Tell them what's going on here. Tell them how Liberty wins. Tell them how to improve their lives. Um, one way to do that is by listening to this show. One thing so, I was going to say, TikTok update, just so you guys know. Okay, which is funny, you're going to hear after this episode some of the pre-show stuff. I'm going to throw it in there for fun. But uh, yesterday, I made the statement that we were at 4,450 followers on TikTok and that we were going to be at 5,000 by Monday because I was going to make it so. Okay, that's what is going to happen. Today, remember yesterday, we were at 4,450 followers. Today, right now, we are at 4,750 followers in just one day on TikTok. Let's see. Let me do the math. Carry the one plus two <laughs> minus eight. Did I carry the one? You did, yeah. That's 300 followers. In one day. Wow. Since yesterday's episode. Look at those math skills. No advertising. Nothing like that. There's no ads that we're running on TikTok or on any other platforms. That's just through putting out the message of Liberty. That's through putting out other people's messages and helping them grow too. Okay. So you can go on TikTok and you can see us uploading, I don't know, 10 videos every single day that are getting this message out there. Go do it like everyone else is. So go follow us on TikTok. Go do that. And uh, Charlie, take us out. Yeah. And then the other thing, the other very important thing to do is leave us a rating and review. So on iTunes. Uh, we on just gained four more followers since I finished saying that. Oh, thanks. Yeah, just so yeah. you know. Sorry. I like the update. Yeah. Um, iTunes, Facebook, wherever it is. One leave- more since I've said that. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to tell him to leave us a rating and review, Nathaniel. Okay. Nathaniel Paul. Yeah. This is very important for them to leave us a rating and review. The reason why we say that is because the algorithms, when you search for things like Liberty, it goes based on ratings and reviews. So the higher rated and reviewed show is going to pop up first. So we've gotten a tons of great emails, tons of great ratings, reviews. We love it. Guys, keep it coming. If you do all that, have a great weekend. Enjoy your Valentine's Day. We'll be back again to do this all over again on Monday. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. It, um, we were at 44.50 on the followers. So, in 200 followers. And yesterday I said we're going to get to <coughs> 5,000 by the end of the month. By the end of the month. Yesterday we were at 44.50 and now we're at 46.43. I got 46.45. Oh, okay. Well, going up that fast then. 46.47. Okay. 24.05 on the video views. <laughs> 4648. Yep. <laughs> TikTok, people. I've already started recording. 4653. Whoa. 2,500 views. Did you see Young Americans for Liberty is like looking at like suing the Bernie Sanders campaign? I saw something about that. I'm not sure I agree with that. Yeah. You know, but can you trademark or whatever, like a marketing technique? Is that possible? I don't know. Like, 
And does that even fit within the principles of the organization? I don't know. I guess it fits with getting more notoriety. Like now, if they called it, op- <coughs> if they called it Operation Win at the Door, if they called it that, then I can see that being an issue. If Bernie called it that, yeah. But I don't see. I don't know. I don't see any other way that you could trademark a marketing technique. What's Bernie doing? What are they calling it? I don't know. I didn't see that part. I just saw that it was the technique or the strategy. I'm just like, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like Obama probably did that before you guys did. Yeah. You know? Well, there's been political door knockers for a long time. Yeah. I don't know. i dig into it some more. I'm just not sure if I agree with trying to use litigation to stop people from using a marketing technique that you're using. Yeah. I don't. Don't make no sense, man. But if it's, uh, no. That's an intellectual property conversation, I guess. Yeah. like if i if i make a new just because i'm looking at one if i make a new computer and it's got a keyboard and a screen that flips up and does everything a computer does like can whoever can bill gates or apple sue me you know yeah can they like what the dude said in the social network, a guy who builds a really nice chair doesn't owe money to everyone who has ever built a chair. But Charlie, Charlie, listen to me. Charlie, I know what I'm talking about. It's one thirty. Okay. Next we need some sort of Travis Scott sounding vocals. I like how he said that on his thing. It said we need a beat, and then the track's playing, and all the other ones said not a beat. <laughs> Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. That's funny. I'm going hard on the beat, yeah. You better put in a better on the beat, yeah. And now for some Obama. What the United States needs is progress. It's lit. Obamacare. Now for some bird. Billionaires are billionaires. I'm going to finish out with a quick Trump. I'm so rich. I'm probably the richest guy. I know a lot of people. <laughs> really funny. Bernie Sanders all decided to do a collab. Travis Scott. First, we're gonna need good. All right, let's go. I'm ready. Oh yeah. What? Just gotta hit the button. Yeah. I don't even know what we're talking about. What are we talking about? Not plenty. All I know is it's Valentine's Day. We'll be fine. Let's go. 
Welcome to another round of Boardroom or Miro Board. Today we talk retrospectives with Agile Coach Maria. Let's go. First question. You've spent two hours in a team retro, but the only input you've heard is Dave's. Boardroom or Miro Board? Boardroom. In Miro, Dave can't hog the space because everyone can add thoughts anonymously, online at the same time. Correct. Next. You need the team to act on feedback fast, so you turn all those retro notes into JIRA tasks instantly. Miro all the way. And I can assign those tasks to teammates. You're nailing this. Now, you see hundreds of sticky notes from the retro. A real mess. But you organize them into five themes in just seconds. Miro, I basically get back an entire hour when I use its AI tools for clustering. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people running actually enjoyable and actionable retros in Miro. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com.